following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! If there's one thing we love on this show, it's a bit of plagiarism. Being charged with despicable crimes. You stole from my kids. Have a look at yourselves. They're not like you. They're criminals. You thieving bastards. Although, tonight it's not bands. And you've probably heard this all day today. The strong similarities between the message in Melania Trump's remarks and that of Michelle Obama given in the 2008 Democratic National Convention. This was Melania at the Republican National Convention last night. And I know you've probably heard this a few times on the radio today, but let's do the comparisons and try and break it down, okay? So this is, firstly, Michelle Obama in 2008. Rock and I were raised with so many of the same values. Like, you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. And here's Melania. My parents impressed on me the values that you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond and you do what you say and keep your promise. I mean, tell me that that isn't a coincidence. However, the Trump campaign now says any allegations of plagiarism are crazy and that any attacks Melania has received are as a result of her criticising presumptive Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton. So it's Hillary Clinton's fault that this has happened. Right, Okay. According to the Trump campaign manager, he says, once again, this is an example of when a woman threatens Hillary Clinton, she seeks to demean her and take her down. Although I didn't see Hillary in any particular stage of this speech. But anyway, they go on to say that, you know, Melania was speaking in front of a crowd of 35 million people. To think that she'd be cribbing Michelle Obama's words is crazy. Here's another thing. When did cribbing become a word? I didn't know it was a word. No, apparently it's everywhere now. What? Right. So the Trump campaign released a statement last night saying that Melania worked with a team of writers. However, because she speaks five languages, she's quite articulate and obviously very good with a fake tan as well. She apparently wrote most of this herself. Now, this is obviously something's happened here. You had a fantastic idea. You thought that she'd been set up. I think that she was set up by her scriptwriter. Right. Somebody within the Trump campaign isn't happy with Melania or the whole thing and they thought here's a good way of us to try and bring the thing Yeah, exactly. Yeah, They've okay. slipped a script in there for her to read. Yeah, I like it anyway. But it's not the first time it's happened. Let's go back to Julia Gillard at the United Nations and Bono as well. When I was a boy, my first impression of America was a man walking on the moon. You are the same people who amazed me when I was a small girl by landing on the moon. <laughs> but I thought, what can this country do? What can these people do when they put their mind to it? It's incredible. I believed Americans could do anything. It's everywhere. It's catching. Ah. Facebook, if you want to get on there, at MMM Rubber Room, you'll be able to see a photo of Sarah, who's in the UK. I'm about to talk to her because she's made a dress out of pubic hair. Yeah, Show it long as God can 
please feel free to make a comment as well. Did you realise when you'd made this pubic hair dress that you would be so famous? I know, it's so crazy, I can't believe it. So before we talk about the latest creation, let's talk about some of your other dresses. You made one out of Skittles, didn't you? I did, yeah. I mean, luckily I live in England. If I lived in a really hot country, then that was bad news. It would be very hard to sit down on a Skittle too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the base was made like from steel as well, so uh, my idea on, on the dresses that I make, you can't really sit down in them. So what else have you made apart from that? Um, I've made a hundreds and thousands one, which some people know as sprinkles, and then I made one from 3,000 Royal British Legion poppies in honour of the soldiers. Has anybody ever bought any of your creations? Yeah, the Skittles one, it was bought by Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, which is like a massive chain of really big museums, but unfortunately they hired some um, couriers that weren't very good, so they didn't insulate it when it was on the plane. Oh no. So it kind of died. <laughs> Let's get to the latest one, which is the pubic hair dress. How did you come to this? In the, Probably the wrong choice of words. How did you arrive at this? Well, my idea from my first design, it all starts from then. I wanted to do something that had never ever been done in the world. How did you source the pubic hairs? Um, on my Twitter, it's Sarah Bryan. That's where I source most of my materials from. Where did they come from? All corners of the earth and all round parts of the body? Not just hair from there. It's hair from absolutely everywhere. Right. And because the idea was a human body dress. That was it. But obviously people are more picked up on that area of the hair. Mostly from England, but there were some from other parts, um, like America and things. Right. I don't think Australia. What's wrong with us down under, if you know what I mean? <laughs> Who were the main contributors out of men or women? Guys, definitely guys. Wow. Simply no gingers. What are the easiest hairs to work with? Um, I think probably dark, because before I started making it, I didn't just put my hands in envelopes and grab them out, obviously. No. They were sterilised and they were heated <laughs> to a certain temperature to kill any bacteria, so I'm not that disgusting. I think I read somewhere that you actually wore gloves and I think you had a mask on or something as well, so it didn't get in your face or in your mouth. Yeah, I did, that's right. I wore a mask over my mouth, I wore a ski mask over my eyes and I wore thick rubber gloves. How long did it take to make the pubic hair dress? About six months. Wow! It was really time consuming. Did you use needle and thread or did you do it all by hand? No, it, it was kind of like um, all bunched together and then placed on with like hot glue. Have you had any offers for it yet? Um, I have had a few pubic hair fanatics. I'm um, trying to reach out for a more exclusive person rather than somebody that just has a word <laughs> Tell everybody your Twitter address so they can follow this. Um, my Twitter is at it. Sarah Bryan, B-R-Y-N. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Good luck with it. We'll talk again soon. Oh, thank you. Yes, definitely. Bye. I guess you know where we're going with this, right? All right. I'm going to let you start first because I'm quite proud of my one. Okay. Well, I think that she's a good clothes designer, but she's no Jean-Paul Gaultier hair. Oh, I like that. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm ready to go. Okay, you ready? Go on then. Okay. Now that's what I call a cocktail dress. Oh, that is good. That is good. Well done. One triple three five three. What's your punchline for the pubic hair dress? Meow, 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 meow,
It was exciting. It was like you were on the cusp of something that was just, you didn't know where it was going to go. Triple M, the rubber room. Do you know what's the punchline? It's my favorite segment ever. We only can do it once a week. So I just look forward to the chance to talk to you about a punchline. And tonight it's Sarah who's got the pubic hair dress. What's the punchline? I knew you'd be straight onto this one, Dave. I did. And what have you got? I'm going to say her sales are going to go through the roof now because all the people playing Pokemon Go will never get that close to it ever again. You've made it current. You've made it pop culture. Up to date. Up to date, did you say? Up to date. <laughs> Hello, John. How are you? Hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. How are you, Chris? I'm good, Phil. How are you? Want to hear your punchline for the pubic hair dress? Is that American? Well, you just happy to wear me. Well, that's the other option. Hello, John. How are you? G'day, Phil. How are you, mate? I can't wait to hear it. Mate, I reckon she would have anybody that wants to buy it by the short and curly. That's one you wouldn't want to iron, that's for sure. Indeed. Anthony. Hey, how you going, Phil? What do you got? I got a hairbrain scheme covers all. A lot of thought went into that, and I appreciated it. No problems, boss. And they keep on coming, so to speak, Darren. Hey, Philip, how you doing, mate? What do you got? Mate, apparently it's only made for small women because it's made out of short curlies. Are you getting the part height on my ass? <laughs> Nico! Have you seen her suit? Or have you seen her stute? Yeah! <laughs> on so many levels. Uh, is this working? <laughs> Testy, testies? <laughs> This is Ugly Phil. Triple M, the rubber room. Rachel Corbett, radio and TV commentator, and our mate is here. Do you like Game of Thrones? Love Game of Thrones. I gave up about season four. It just became too hard to follow. Yeah, I really appreciated in between season five and six, they had an entire episode dedicated to catching you up on what's happened so far between seasons one and five, which I needed. I have to say, I've been a hardcore fan since the very beginning, but I could not remember who was who in the zoo. And I'll tell you why. It's because they got ridiculous names. If it was, well, Bob has inherited, you know, the throne from Sarah and Sarah's dad, Steve. But no, mm. they've got to have names like Sansa and Ygritte. Yeah. Saying, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Egret. Egret. I, I believe it is. The thing about Game of Thrones is if somebody tries to catch you up on it mm. and they're speaking too quickly, you can't really follow even if you're a massive fan. People will tell you because you can't pick up on what the names are because they're so difficult to pronounce. Yeah, exactly. It's like I measure it by who's got what shaped breasts if I'm looking at the women or if it's the men, who's got the greatest hair. Yeah. You know, apparently according to the Social Security Administration database, which is a fantastic read if you've got nothing to do on Sunday nights in Canberra, let me tell you. Uh, they've noticed that people now increasingly are naming their children after Game of Thrones characters. This is kind of the next step above the old Bogan names that come out year after year. <laughs> but do you think Sansa down the track will be the equivalent of Kylie? Some of them sound pretty Bogan if yeah. you go through there. Okay, go on. Can you pick me a couple of Bogan uh, Game of okay. Thrones names? What about Peter spelt P-E-T-Y-R? How about Walder for a girl? Walder. Walder is never getting a date. No, not unless you've got a wart. How about Melisandre? What well, a you bitch. know, that sounds like something you'd catch if you're out in the sun. <laughs> the one that I thought, how did this make it onto the list? Penny. 
Penny. When, when you've got names like Daenerys, Melisandre, yeah. Davos, and Podrick, what's Penny doing on it's the list? It's short for Penny Grassasinis. <laughs> you know, it's that's probably very true. Daenerys. I mean, if somebody mm. said to you their name was Daenerys and you worked at the insurance company and you'd be, you know, talking to them on the phone, you'd be going, "Can you spell it again? <laughs> I'm sorry, I know you've said it to me three times." This is one of those things where you know, teachers these days. I reckon they get to roll call uh, at the beginning of the school year and they just think, "What absolute load of crap am I in for this year?" Things like Daenerys and Podrick. You must honestly think it's Podrick. Podrick. Honestly. <laughs> Isn't he just writing sonnets in the corner of the playground? Oh, Podrick. You've given him no chance of survival. Know. Imagine <laughs> if you were, though, named Mordain. You're aware of, and spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't caught up in the final series, but right. Hordor. Right? Hordor, yeah, which is like named after a door. Is that right? Because I didn't get that far. Just turn your radio down for five seconds if you haven't caught up. It means hold the door. You find out that he was holding the door when you get this sort of flash back to something that happened and that and he had some kind of spiritual experience that anyway blah 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 stupid blah. premise for an episode well that's the thing but the name is based on a mispronunciation of yeah. hold the door and you're going to call your kid hodl what about oberin mm, the concerning thing that it does is what it does for journalism you know the article that we read that had all of these lists all <laughs> I didn't it think was, journalism existed anymore. i know right okay. but this is a great example of why this article was just a quick introduction and then a list of 83 names yep. and it had been shared a total of 7,000 times. Yeah. Who is reading this crap? This is something I found out, that there's someone whose job it is just to get you to click on the actual link. Their job is just to come up with something that says to you, click on the link. That's the sub-editor. As a writer who writes a lot, I have been done in by the odd sub-editor in my time. That You think you read the headline and you go, is it really what I wrote? Is that mm. Or is that what you want people to read because you want people to click? Yeah, I'm looking at you, Stannis. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Rachel. Thanks very much. Very happy to have Sarah McLeod here for our very first Battle of McLeod. It was a time when all fought hard and proud. Aye, I remember it well. It was the Battle of McLeod. Hello, darling. Welcome to the very first Battle of McLeod. This is exciting. Finally, I get to cast judgment. Based on that famous Battle of MacLeod, which happened in Scotland when, you know... In the, 1066. That was the one when the Highlanders took the hill. Do you yeah. remember that? Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. Okay, <laughs> All right, so we're very honoured to have you here because when it comes to people that know music, you know your stuff. Well, I like to think I do, and yeah. I certainly like to spray my opinions around, so let's hit it. <laughs> well, let's spray liberally. Okay, <laughs> what we're going to do tonight is... Are you ready? Because this is going to be a good one. Okay. Who's the better band? Nirvana... Or Pearl Jam? Oh, without a doubt, Nirvana. Oh, no, I'm going to take Pearl Jam. I thought you said it was up to me. Yeah, well, I'm just going to argue with you for the uh, sake okay. of it. Okay, can I give reasons? Yeah, of course. Okay, I just don't you like... think you were going to get so antsy about it. No, no, I... because I've always had a thing about this. I've just never... It's, it's a personal thing, but I've Jump. never liked the tone of Eddie Vedder's voice. And I know people are going to come at me in droves about this, but that... You know that? Yeah. Like the guy, it sounds like the guy from Creed. They had that... Uh, yeah, of course. ...kind of sound. Yeah. And it's a particular kind of sound, and I've just never thought it palatable to my personal ear. Okay. Whereas I know Kurt Cobain's not exactly, you know, the greatest singer in the world, but his tone is really cool. Right. Uh, so I prefer to listen to him sing out of key than listen to Eddie Vedder sing in key because I like Kurt's voice better. Okay, I hear you, and I'm going to say this to you. I agree with you on that, but I think in terms of musicianship and in terms of song structure and catchiness, 
Maybe not catchiness. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, don't say catchiness. catchiness. No, in terms of musicianship, yes. yep, you could be right. Pearl right. Jam, okay. probably. You can't um, change your mind. Skill. I'm not changing okay. my mind. I stand by this because right. I don't actually like Pearl Jam. Wow. Yeah, and okay. I've fought with people for so many years about this. <laughs> well, let's see <laughs> how we go. I fights in kitchens at parties. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have any knives. One triple three five three. Do you agree with Sarah that Nirvana were the superior band, or do you agree with me? That it's Pearl Jam. Let's open the phones. And wait, also, I mean, Pearl Jam had a longer time to prove themselves because they had so many albums. Nirvana only had a couple of albums. Yeah. But within those few albums, they had more hits. Right, there you go. But so, there's another reason. Yeah, hit machines. Okay, how about you, Sammy X? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, where are you? Um, I'm leaning slightly towards Nirvana. Yeah, well, you're leaning in the wrong direction, I'll tell you right now. Tell you what I want to find out about, and Ali's on the phone, these Japanese eating glasses. Basically, Phil, a group of scientists at the University of Tokyo have invented these goggles with a camera attached to them, and they make you think that, for example, the cookie in front of you is bigger than what it was. So you get a biscuit in front of you, and you think, okay, I'm going to have a snack. Gee, I'm really hungry. Here's a huge biscuit. I'll eat that, and then I'll be uh, full. Exactly, and what they found was that 80% of the people they tested the technology on were fooled into eating less, even though they knew already that the biscuit was smaller than it looked. The fact that they fooled their senses worked. It wasn't only size as well. It fooled people into thinking that, um, for example, a boring plain biscuit was something a bit more exciting, like a, like a chocolate biscuit, a mint slice or something, um, instead of, a, I don't know, a digestive. <laughs> so is there a setting on the glasses? If, for example, like you say, you've got a rice cracker and you're thinking, gee, I really feel like a chocolate muffin here, you just flick a little button and there you go, you're looking at a, you know, a blueberry muffin or something? <laughs> Look, I'm not exactly sure if it's a button, but apparently they could set the device to suit their favourite taste, whether that's chocolate, strawberry cookies. That's incredible. So you're picking up what looks like a chocolate biscuit, but it's, as I said, a plain rice cracker, and you eat it, but because of the fact that what you've looked at your brain presumes is chocolate, then as you eat it, you presume that you're tasting chocolate? Apparently they also use scent bottles because I guess, as you know, smell has a huge place, a huge fact in taste. So you could use scent bottles and sight and fool those two senses and the rest just sort of worked itself out, I suppose. It's amazing how much our mind can fool us. Although for the cost of the scent bottle and, you know, <laughs> and the glasses, you may as well just have the chocolate cake and go for a run. Well, well, that's probably true. Look, they haven't um, talked about commercialising this invention yet, but they are hoping it could be one of the ways we start to tackle obesity. And obviously, if more people were maybe eating less chocolate cake and going for runs, we wouldn't have the problem in the first place. Maybe I could get a pair, and then when I want to convince Mrs Ugly that, you know, it's time for the nasty... She can put them on and instead of seeing me, she could see Ryan Gosling. But then I guess it depends on how good your imagination is. I mean, some people are probably better at fooling themselves into believing something than oh. others. Oh! You're listening to the Rubber Room Podcast. You can listen to us weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on Triple M. 2016 has been a really tough year for the people that are no longer here on this, you know, mortal coil. The people that have passed away. So I thought with that in mind, it's hard to keep up. Let's have a game of dead or not quiet. Dead. Dead or not quite. How are you, Roger? Yeah, well, how are you, buddy? How do you think you'll go with dead or not quite? Oh, I think I'll do all right. Okay, so you've got to get four out of five in order to win the prize. Okay. Your first one is Joe Cocker. Alive? No, passed away a couple of years ago, yeah. Oh, God, I thought never knew that. No, still beautiful, though. Great voice. Eric Clapton. Alive. That's right, there's one point there. Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. Dead. No, he's alive. Kidding. He's great, he's good. He's a sultan as well, I don't know if you knew that. No. Mm. So you can't win, but I'm going to give you these next two anyway. 
Do you remember Donna Summer? Bad girls, bad girls. Yes. Um, I'm guessing dead. She is? Yep. A bit like your chances in this competition, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, you know, you can't win them all. Neither can the next guy. Or was that me just throwing in a red herring? Oh! Dennis Hopper. Dead? A bit like how this competition ended up. Last breath. Would have been great if you'd won the prize. What was it? Wally Lewis autobiography. <laughs> no, thanks, mate. You may find this a bit disturbing. Ah. He held me. No! It's our very first battle in the cloud. You can, if you can't get through on the phone, go to the Facebook page, MMM Rubber Room. And tonight we're pitting Pearl Jam up against Nirvana. Who's the better band? How are you, Adam? I am very well, ugly. How are you? Good to talk to you. Who are you going to choose? Mate, Nirvana, definitely. Bye bye. Ain't got nothing. Pearl Jam ain't got nothing. So that's it. As far as you're concerned, there's no other reason for it. It's just Nirvana all the way. Mate, come on. It smells like Team Spirit. Trashy the school gymnasium. Better rock anthem can you get for a generation? Smells like a victory perhaps for Nirvana, but I'm going to go back to the phone and see how we go. Ah! Ben, how are you? Nirvana. Yeah, it looks like it's going to go that way, which is actually different to what we had on the Facebook page. Okay. Mark, how are you? I'm taking Nirvana. As much as I don't want to, I'm a big fan of yours, Phil, and I'm a big fan of Pearl Jam, but Nirvana, when it comes down to it, Nevada, he was a master. He was a master. Right, okay. Well, it's going to lean towards that direction. I'll go to the next call and see how we do. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, mate. How are you, Jake? You've got the choice between Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Honestly, I think they're both as bad as each other. Wow, okay. Lucky it wasn't Poison in there, too, then. I think Poison are probably one of the best 80s hair bands going. Yeah, wash your mouth out right now. Who are you taking in this little battle? Um, I'll take Nirvana only because they only had one good album. Pearl Jam had no good album. Nirvana's (laughs) good album was the Unplugged album. Kevin! Mate, it's Pearl Jam all the way. And why is that? Oh, mate, that's just a legend. From one field to another, what do you say? Yeah, mate, it's got to be Nirvana every day. Wow, this is completely the opposite to what people are saying on Facebook. Oh, no, look, mate, um, Nirvana knocked Michael Jackson off from number one, and at the same time changed the game, created the entire culture shift from pop to grunge. Yeah, I don't know if knocking Michael Jackson off is something to be proud of, though. <laughs> Got about another seven minutes on one triple three five three. Sammy X is go labouring through these and also taking them up the Facebook page and on Twitter as well. So you got that poll going on. It's everywhere and it's going insane. What's the best advice to get through at this particular juncture of this much fought competition? At this particular time, just keep ringing. All right, okay. Hello, Wolf as well. Wolf's there. Wolf, my Wolf, 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 Wolf. How were the uh, two-minute noodles? Average. Really. But I was really hungry because people kept sending pictures of food. Yeah, I noticed that. However, you've got to say tonight's much better than last night where oh, yeah. once we finished the show. Oh, terrible show. Last terrible. Oh. It wasn't a terrible show. She's like no one listened. Was, I mean, yeah. Seriously, there were more people listening in a phone box which had nobody in it than last night's show. It was yeah, that's not even possible. I was questioning myself and whether or not it was even possible to continue my radio career. So bad it wow. can't. Yeah, I know. But we're okay that's tonight, huge. though. And the good thing is it's better to be here in Australia than in your home country of England. Yeah. 35 degrees in England today, which really isn't that hot. But we've got the rubber room correspondent on the phone. 
Rachel Newwhite. Now, apparently, I heard that the unions uh, in England are trying to make it okay for people to take their jackets off today. Yeah, well, this is what people are campaigning for, but it's not happening at the moment. I'm just looking at a workman right now wearing thick trousers, long sleeves and gloves. Ridiculous we are. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you leave Europe. Exactly. Apparently, it's going to be 35 degrees there today, mm. and the whole country has ground to a halt. Yeah, well, that's about the size of it. It's so hot here that they've made frozen ice lolly food packages for the animals in the zoo. That's how hot it is here. How ridiculous. <laughs> the apparently unions the can't take it. They have to have a frozen banana. Nothing to peel there except for the wrapper. But apparently the unions have said that it's so hot in the offices that people can demand from their boss a cold drink for free. Exactly, and an ice lolly. I believe Soleros are going to be flying off the shelf. Do you realise that 35 degrees, by Australian standards, <laughs> it's almost hot enough to put deodorant on? <laughs> I know, we're really pathetic. We live in a very, very miserable, tiny little country that never sees the sun, and now we're all freaking out. You know, our roads are going to melt today, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. The trains aren't going to run. And the roads will be like soup. I mean, it'll be horrible. For one day, though. For one day? Okay. <laughs> so should I check in with you tomorrow and see what the results yeah. of this carnage is? Yeah, it's going to rain tomorrow. It'll be back to normal. Right, brilliant. <laughs> so what plans have you got for the day, then? Uh, well, I've got a friend who's got a friend who's a member of a tennis club that's got a swimming pool. So I'm going to go and uh, lie by the pool with about 25,000 other people. Once Brexit's kicked in, there'll only be three or four very pale people in there. <laughs> Good to talk to you, right? You too. Have a good day. Enjoy the uh, cool temperatures you've got over there. Yeah, it's only a thousand and five here, but we're a lot closer to the service of the sun. One triple three five three. By the way, if you're still ringing up for the Battle of McLeod in the rubber room at Triple M, and tonight, and I believe it's close, uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Only on the phone now. Forget Facebook, or can you yeah, still just do get Facebook? On the phone now. What about Twitter? Um, no, just phone. Snapchat. We don't have that. Taylor Swift. <laughs> what? I don't know. One triple three five three. So you've got about five minutes left. And who will be the better band? Are we in for a surprise or is it just hands down Nirvana? It's uh, it's going to be by a whisker. A whisker? A whisker. A cat's whisker. Well, there you go. Incidentally, right. I did just get a text from my mum in the UK. She is going with Nirvana. Well, there you go. Now you've had it from the cat's whiskers. One triple three five three. Hey, Gazza, have you heard Paramore's Misery Business as performed by characters from 155 movies? Who the hell has got time to go through movies and pull out all the lyrics from each movie? It's just beggar's belief. Yeah. People have too much time on their hands these days. Uni students, you're not there, like. Mm. So here's Paramore's Misery Business. I'm in the business of misery, let's take it from the top. She's got a body like an hourglass, ticking like a clock. It's a matter of time before we all run out. When I thought he was mine, she caught him by the foul. Here are people such as Gandalf and Die Hard and The Dark Knight Rises and Lord Voldemort all doing the song in their own particular way. I'm in the business. Misery. Learn take it from the top. She's got a body. Like a hourglass. Ticking. Like a clock. It's a matter of time before we all run out. Well, I thought it was mine. She got him. I think now. I waited eight long months. He finally turned him free. I told him. I couldn't lie. He was the only one. What, me? Two weeks. We had car. Fire. She got it. Hope for me. I wear the biggest smile. That's pretty good, wasn't it? Look, it's very clever. Very clever. I agree.
tell you what, I don't know much, which is why I'm just a nighttime disc jockey, but I have learned a lot in my 50 plus years on this mortal coil. And that is that everything that you do has consequences and comes back on you. So if you're a nice person, nice stuff happens. However, if you live your life with reckless abandon, I've noticed that it doesn't matter how much money you have, at some stage, it comes back. Karma has its way. And I see that seems to be happening with Taylor Swift at the moment. Now, I don't know much about Taylor Swift. Obviously, it's not the music that we play. But I opened up the newspaper and tried to get the zeitgeist. And I noticed that she apparently has been acting differently to the kind of person that she actually is. And as a result, people are going, well, maybe she ain't the nice person she seemed to be. Well, yeah, but she's very rich. So there's that. Then you get it. Here's your option. Would you like to not be liked by many people, but have shitloads of money? I think I'd like to be liked by people. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, hence the reason I'm damn poor. But everybody here likes me. Yay. So anyway, the reason I mention this is because I like to break it down for people that don't know what's going on in the world. So you know what's happening, but we'll make it Triple M style. Taylor Swift um, got offside with Kanye West. Kanye West, who's married to Kim Kardashian, they taped a conversation with Taylor on the Snapchat. That's what I know. I thought we would get the NRL legend, Boff together with Mr. Inappropriate and the other legend from the rubber room, Pedro the Mexican Cleaner, and they would reenact the Snapchat that happened so that everybody gets what actually happened. Do you follow me with this, Samir? Yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. Boff, if you wouldn't mind. Good evening, boys and girls. Tonight's story, well, it's an old-fashioned tale of mystery and double-crossing involving a heartless word rhymer and the cold, cold-blooded pop queen. We join the fable as the dastardly Kanye discusses his rhyme called Famous with the Ice Queen. These are the rhymes that I have penned to all my southerners that know me best. I feel like the Ice Queen and I still might have sex, said the heartless rhymer. I'm like this cluster of exposure, retorted the Ice Queen. Oh, well, I think this is a really cool thing to have. I know. I mean, it's like a compliment, kind of like... Like I don't want to do rhymes that makes people's feels bad. Um, yeah, I mean, like, go with whatever rhyme you like. Like, it's obviously very tongue-in-cheek either way, and I appreciate you telling me about it. That's really nice. Oh, great rhyming one. Thanks for being so coolio about it. <laughs> and thank you for the flowers that you sent to my castle. I, like, Instagram them, and it's, like, the most likes, like, I ever, like, God. Relationships are more important than punchlines, your mighty B-Arch. Respect. I shall be attending the Grammy's red carpet and several knaves shall ask, like, are you and the rhymer throwing shade? But I shall say, <laughs> nay. Like, my feeling, they are not hurt. And then, without warning, the evil lord of Snapchat cast the conversation aside and sadly, we must close the chapter of the pop queen and her rhymer. Good night, boys and girls. You're listening to the Rubber Room podcast. Find us on facebook.com forward slash MMM Rubber Room. Folks, we have a birthday. Happy birthday. Chris Cornell, born Christopher John Boyle Cornell in Seattle, Washington, 1964. Makes him 52 years of age. And it's associated with many bands, including Soundgarden, Audio Slave, Temple of the Dog. What a terrific band they were. The Center for Disease Control Boys. I don't know if that's a charity or whether or not that's a band. Eleven, Alice Cooper, Mad Season as well, and the Zach Brown Band. Happy Rubber Room birthday, Chris Cornell. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.
know what? There's this alarming trend. I don't know if you call it alarming or not. It's an unusual trend that's coming out of America at the moment where you use people's Christian names as a, an adjective or perhaps as a, a euphemism rather than saying, for example, uh, and the one I heard the other day was, I'm Louisan for a drink. And I'm like, Louisan? Have you heard of this? Uh, I don't know. I'm Louisan for a drink. And I think it's a great idea because if you would take this to the next level... How about this, right? Are you Marvin me? Hey, am I Marvin you? Marvin the Martian? Yeah. Hey, mate, don't frank about. <laughs> that sounds rude. Mate, I'm so broke, I haven't even got a Tony. <laughs> you got nothing. You got squat. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to open the phone on this on one triple three five three because I want people to ring up and also use Christian names somehow in a sentence to make a point. Do you, Bill? To make a Peter. <laughs> All right, hey. What do you think, Sammy S? I love it. One triple three five three. How about this? And again, the whole idea is you use people's names, and you just throw it in there as though it actually is a, a you know in the, in the right interpretation. Yeah. You know, like, do you Nigel the way to Werribee? Yeah, that works. Do you like that? You got one? Me? Yeah. I'm so hungry. I could Sam a burger. Yeah, there you go. That You've was got terrible. No, I like that. One triple three five three. Has anybody got a Billy? What I'm on about? See, yours are just better. Yeah? Okay. Dave, what do you got? When your day's absolutely gone to crap, someone says to you you're having a Barry Crocker. A Barry Crocker! Or just a Barry, for short. A bit like in the UK where they go, it's all gone a bit Pete, which is short for Pete Tong, or otherwise wrong. It's our own version of rhyming slang, but it doesn't necessarily have to rhyme. Bloody oath. Stuart, perhaps. Stuart, 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 crack up. Oh, Christopher, you later. <laughs> Hello, Jason, how are you? That's a bad thing, how's you feel? What have you got for me? I can't make any sense of it. Works on a lot of different levels as well. Thank you. Have you seen my Brian? <laughs> Hugo? Hi. Your name in itself works for this thing. Yeah, that was Hugo over there. Yeah, or I was trying to Hugo this house once, but it fell through. Yeah. What have you got for me? Uh, can you get Mary Jane for me? You can never get a good Jane anymore anywhere. Yeah, that's right. No? Not when the economy's gone to Brian. <laughs> Craig, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? I was like, the other day I was trying to fix something in the bathroom, but I couldn't find a Craig anywhere. Could always find a Billy. Yes. Jeremy, how are you, man? I don't want a Patrick on this situation, but I've got a dog over here. I'm not making around. <laughs> Mate, you put the Clancy on that. Didn't I ever put a Michelle over there? <laughs> Mate, i got a Susan. I'll feed you later. Todd you later. See you, Doug. <laughs> Let's take a trip through the world, world, world. And we will see what we see, yeah. New pair of shoes or a loaf of bread. All right, this is something that's trending and I like it. So Snoop Dogg, you know Snoop Dogg, he went on Family Feud, the American version of it. Yes, I hate to break this to you, but... Oh, and by the way, can I just say, speaking of Family Feud, how nice a guy is Grant Denyer? He's the best. Isn't he just the nicest guy? So he's come through the building the other day. And I've gone and said, because I've often thought, you know, and when I see him on TV, am I taller or shorter than Grant Denyer? And it turns out I may be a tiny bit taller. But I said to him, do you mind if I just get a photo with you? And he goes, why would a legend like you want a photo with someone like me? I'm like, are you kidding me, man? 
Really? He's great, isn't he? Oh, well, a nice guy. All right, anyway, so Family Feud in America. Snoop Dogg's on it, and he has to answer one of the questions, and it's brilliant. His answer is fantastic. Fill in the blank. Pie in the what? Horse. <laughs> what the hell did you say? <laughs> pie in the what? <laughs> In the horse. <laughs> I mean, your brain cells have suffered a little bit. You're gonna have moments like this. this is, I need one other person in this world who, for some reason, has found a pie stuck up inside a horse. Cut it and serve it to the people. Survey says yes. You're listening to The Rubber Room Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at The Rubber Room AU. Damien, where are you, man? In Cranbourne. Okay, cool. Um, I do my own radio show. Yeah, you do? Radio. Yeah. Whereabouts? In Cranbourne. On Cranbourne FM? No, KC Radio, 97.7 FM. When's your so, show? On Wednesday. What time? One o'clock. One o'clock. In the afternoon? Yep. What music are you going to play? Triple M music. Triple M rock. Could you play me a request? Yeah, I can play your request. Can you do me a favour for me? Yeah. And I'll call you back and we'll get my phone ready to the panel. Yeah. Can you do a station ID for me? Yeah, of course I can. Okay, I'll ring you back in half an hour. Right, okay. Well, uh, do you want me to introduce anything in particular or just go, Hi, this is Ugly Phil and you're listening yeah. to Damien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like that, yeah? Hi. Hi, this is Ugly. In field. my special you radio voice, yeah. I won't give you the yeah. old rubbish thing. I'll, I'll, I'll call you in a couple of minutes. Cool, bye. Okay, bye. Yes. So, you know, the Olympic Games are coming up, and it seems to be a little bit tainted by all the other stuff that's going on, but really it should be about the sport. Which brings me to this. Golf is not a sport. I'm sorry, if you spend your weekends playing golf, it's not a sport. Anything that doesn't require you to do a sit-up, as far as I'm concerned, or a burpee, doesn't consider it. And what about fishing? Apparently, the biggest sport in the world. Only problem with that is the word sport in that sentence. Fishing is not a sport. Golf is not a sport. I'm going to open up the phone on 13353 because you too, Sammy X, also have an example of what is not a sport. That's at the Olympic Games too. Well, I used to be in a skipping team, a rope skipping team, and there was debate about whether that was classified as a sport or a hobby. Brian? Uh, golf's not a sport. It's a lovely walk destroyed by a little white ball. Exactly. And you know who invented golf? Uh, the Scottish. Exactly. Look at how they feel about Brexit at the moment. Oh, no, we want to have our own government. Yeah, well, that's because you invented golf. But fishing can be, mate. No. Yeah, no, you go like sport fishing up, um, you know, up the tropics, going for marlin and sailfish. That's a sport. Did you do any sit-ups? Uh, you do a lot of crunches when you try to reel them in. Technically, so, that's not. A, that's like when you're supposed to do a burpee and you do a push-up instead. It's not the same. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> a lot of a lot of arm and stomach and back involved. No, in, it's uh, not a sport. Forget about it, Brian. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Daniel. I'm saying anything you compete with someone else is a sport. Anything you do on your own is a hobby, my friend. Golf, would that be competing with other people? Yes, but essentially you're on your own. Well, if you're playing your own, then good luck to you. So you're saying to me that golf is a sport? If you compete with others, absolutely. You're deluded on that one. Well, next time you're on your own, Phil, and you're doing whatever, then... uh, No, well, that's a sport. You should see my wrist muscles. (laughs) Happy to get some more calls in a sec as well. Oh, and Brent on Twitter wanting to know, is yoga a sport? Don't 
be ridiculous. How are you, Mark? I'm saying that synchronized swimming should be out of Olympics. It's a ridiculous sport, but I'm going to include it in sport because it seems to be pretty hard work. You're underwater, you're flapping your arms around, you've got to keep your feet up there. I'm going to classify it as a sport. Boring. Yeah, it's boring. It doesn't make it interesting. But then again, have you ever watched table tennis? Yeah, but my eyes are goggle-eyed. Exactly. Not a sport. Well, it's a sport, but it's not a good one. Yeah, well, do we really need tennis and rugby union in the Olympics? Woof! Woof, woof, woof! What do you reckon? Controversial. AFL is not a real game. (laughs) Would it be possible that you're an NRL fan? Uh, I might be, but the thing is, AFL was invented to keep cricketers fit in the off-season. It's a training drill. <laughs> Why else would they only give you a point for trying if you miss? And all those posts. I mean, soccer's only got two posts. Yeah. Rugby's got two posts. Why do you need four? Well, that's right. I mean, that's only because to make you feel better if you miss. I'm going to hang up. Woof, you're wrong. <laughs> arr, 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 arr. What are you saying, Mick? Buddy. Good, buddy. Mate, is Billy is a sport? Snooker. You know, it's a sport if you're in a bikey bar and you have to defend yourself if you put your money on that you can't afford to pay back. I played down the pub when I was 16. No, okay, billiards is not a sport. Oh, come on. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you wanted me to disagree with you. Okay, no, it is. Hey, thank you, man. You did that one lean with the arm and the leg up over the table trying to get the ball in. Come on. Hey, man. it sounds like something else when I've got my leg up trying to get the ball in. Thank you very much. Hey, Andy, so what do you think? Well, to the other caller before who called up saying golf's not a sport. Yeah. If you go to put a bet on and you go to bet on golf, it comes up in the sport category. Yeah, but you can bet on two flies walking up a wall to see who will get to the top first if, you know, you make the right bet. Hey, what about this, Andy? Darts. Sport or not? Wow. Definitely a sport. No, you're wrong. Definitely. Any game you play where you can hold a beer while you're doing it, it's probably not considered a sport. If it comes up in the category when you're having a bet, it will come up in sport in with darts. Well, Orietta just got on the Twitter and disagrees with you. She doesn't think that darts is a sport either. However, I think if it comes to fence-sitting... I think I may have just won a gold medal. Damien's back on the phone. He wants you to record their ID for his community radio station. Oh, that's right. Okay. How are you, man? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Okay. So is it Acacia Radio 97.7? Acacia Radio. Acacia Radio 97.7. Is that right? Yep. Do I just say with Damien? With Damien? Yep. Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Hey, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Go. Hi, this is Ugly Phil here from The Rubber Room and you're listening to Damien on Acacia Radio 97.7. Rock on. The iPod Shuffle. How was that? Was that good? You need to say the iPod Shuffle. The what? Oh, the iPod Shuffle. Okay, I'm doing it again. Ready? Yep. Hi, this is Ugly Phil from The Rubber Room and you're listening to the iPod Shuffle with Damien on Acacia Radio 97.7. Rock on. Thanks very much, Ugly Phil. Hey, no problem, buddy. It's my pleasure. Hey, Steve Tyler, can you do an ID for me, uh, for Ugly Phil? And at the end, can you go, oh Hi, this is Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, and you won't want to miss a thing with Ugly Phil. Ooh. Do you know, there's one thing I love doing, and that's ringing up record stores and seeing if I can get them to listen to as many stupid band names as I can possibly come up with before they realise that I'm just an idiot. Hello? Yeah, hi, mate. It's Phil here at Triple M. I've got a couple of records I'm looking for, some CDs. Can you help me out with any of these bands? Okay. Uh, do you have Aardvark Spleen? Nope. Agent Orange in bite-sized tablets? Nope. Captain Crunch and Let's Do Lunch? Nope. Cheesecake Truck? 
<laughs> Debbie Doodog? Nope. Electric Prostates? Nope. Five Fat Guys Who Rock? Nope. Foul Mouth Mitchie? Nope. Gee, that's a large beetle. I wonder if it's poisonous. Nope. Her Majesty's Secret Cervix? Nope. Hockey Teeth? You're going to look for a far more specialist sort of Oh, well, I'll, I'll run through a couple more for you, maybe. Sure. Uh, Jesus Knievel? Nope. Kung Fu Action Clergy Persons? Nope. The Kids Who Never Learnt to Colour Inside the Lines? Nope. Lack of Afro? Nope. Left Wing Lester? Nope. Midget Fetish? Nope. Not Now, I'm Naked? Pontius Co-Pilot. No. Aussie Beard Spaghetti. No. Roti Toti Scrotum. <laughs> no. Shirley Temple Pilots. No. Toilet Midgets. No. Almighty Lumberjacks of Death. No. Bedwetter. No. Enema Bandits. No. Giant Chunky Monkeys with Wings in Crack Houses. No. Heavy Vegetable. No. Individual Fruit Pie. No. Imperial Butt Wizards. No. Impaled Nazarene. No. I love my Shih Tzu. <laughs> no. The insult that made a man out of Mac. I'm oh, sure you're not making all these up. I wrote the Bible. No. Jackwhacker. No. The Jazz Iguanas. No. Westlife. Westlife. Thanks to everybody who got involved in the big battle of McLeod, our first one tonight, and it's polarised the entire nation. It's like Freddy Krueger just made a comment about something on the Today Show. Uh, and this is indicative of the kind of ways it's going. Phil Dagnall says Pearl Jam all the way and gave reasons. And then Liam McGuinness on the Facebook page says as a semi-intellectual, I'd like to debate this and goes Nirvana. So was it close? It was so much closer than you would have thought. Okay. So would you give me a statistic? <laughs> what, like a Pauline Hansen statistic? Yeah, 98% of people voted. That'll do. Okay. Yeah, that one. All right. So in our very first Battle of McLeod, the mighty Nirvana against, I believe, the even more mighty Pearl Jam. There can only be one winner. And the winner was chosen by you, the people. And the people have spoken. And they've said that the winner is... Pearl Jam. Get the f*** out of here! Wow! So there you go! Pearl Jam! That really surprises the hell out of me! It was really, really close! Wow! Thank you to everybody that voted. You may find this a bit disturbing. He helped me. Go! Triple M, the rubber room.